We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is dating a self-proclaimed lazy person. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Right. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Um, So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So it's Monday. So what is today's check-in topic? Okay, uh, this check-in and topic is inspired by some internet drama that happened, (laughs) which is there was like a big to-do about the fact that President Biden and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, went to a restaurant and they ordered the same entree. And people online freaked out (laughs) because some folks were like, oh my God, why would you order the same entree? Like, why wouldn't you just split two different meals or like you're only getting one part of the menu? Why would you do that? And other people were like, mind your own damn business. Who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, just yeah, let the people yeah. order what they want to order. Maybe they uh, wanted and- an adult portion of chicken each. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they ordered this rigatoni, which looked delicious. I saw a picture of it and I was like, I would definitely order that. I would understand if it was like, um, you know, the president and the first lady ordered the same meal and it was like chicken nuggets, you know, or it was like a, it was like a, a child's meal or something. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, they both ordered the same order and it was a charcuterie board, right? Like that's something that you shouldn't like get one of for yourself. <laughs> a hummus platter. But, yeah. Right. I thought it would be, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about like our take on that. And then also like maybe dig into like, restaurant etiquette with our partners no, I think like it's how so do we cute. how do we go to restaurants with willow and peter i think it's so cute because i joked about like 
you know, being shocked if they ordered a Happy Meal. But honestly, this does give me pause because never in a million years would we order the same thing unless, <laughs> unless you know, like when I um, was pregnant, um, I would be like, I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich the size of my arm. And normally we split things and I would be like you know, a little territorial of my food at that time. Um, however, <laughs> understandably, <laughs> my favorite thing to do is go up, go up for breakfast and get a savory plate and a sweet plate. And I eat half that waffle and I pass it. And then I eat mm-hmm. half that, mm-hmm. you know, breakfast burrito or whatever. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of splitting things, especially because I have um, a wicked sweet tooth. So I love to get something savory, sweet sort of Combo thing. That's what we do most of the time. Thank God that like Willow doesn't have any strong opinions about food. So she basically lets me order for us. <laughs> so it's basically like me ordering two meals for myself and then not finishing either of them. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's like way less romantic and more self-serving uh-huh. than it yeah, sounds. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Um, no, I think, I think Peter and I often order the same thing. Um, both of us like finish our meals generally, right? Or at least like Peter will finish his and I will finish most of mine and then I will like hand over the the leftovers for him. So it's like, it's not like there's, and I think like uh, I am also like weirdly territorial about food too, where it's like, no, I just want to eat my own thing. I don't want to like, I don't want to have to share with everyone. Cause like, what if I don't like this thing that you've ordered and like, then I have to deal with that. So it's like, I know what I like and I'm going to order what I want and you can know what you like and you can order what you want. And like, I'm okay with people like having a bite or whatever. And I also will like frequently tell Peter what to order so that I can try his thing. (laughs) But like, we're definitely not people who like decide to order two entrees and then like split both. Man, we almost exclusively do that. I think unless I know I've seen you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean like it's so fun. This is just the perfect example about how every human experience is different because it's baffling Uh to me that you would look at a menu of 30 options, you know, a hundred options if you're at Applebee's, right. (laughs) And, and only pick one. Like I, maybe, Uh maybe this is why I'm bisexual y'all. Like I I, intense (laughs) menu anxiety. (laughs) You bisexuals really are selfish and can't just pick. Yeah. It's why we have 300 beverages at the same time at all times. Right. I'm looking at a coffee and a water, like can't just have one. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that I just am like, I'm just like such an individualist when it comes to ordering my food. And I'm also like, I don't have that much, I don't have that much like fear of missing out anxiety. It's like, well, if I, I'm going to order this thing and it's going to be delicious. And like, if I don't order the other things, who cares? Like I'll come back later. (laughs) I don't know. I guess, you know, uh, this is getting a little off track. So we'll get back to the actual like relationship content. But are you somebody who has like intense food cravings? Like for me, it's like, I can't look at a menu and see waffles and not order waffles, <laughs> but I'll, sure. but I actually want the breakfast burrito more, but it's like my sweet tooth needs both. That's what I'm saying. This is Your not romantic like- at all. I'm honestly just <laughs> lucky that Willow it just eats whatever I order us. <laughs> no, I, this is like, this is so getting to our different relationships to food where it's like, I am such a person who's like, food is like, just put the food in my body so that I can like get on with my life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I don't like that though, because it's like, 
that feels like body shamey, but it's like, I have to eat in order to live and I want it to taste good for sure. But I'm not like, I don't need a whole experience around it. It's just like, give me the, the thing that I want. Yeah. Um, okay. But going back to the actual check-in topic, after I find out this weird, <laughs> what feels sociopathic to me. <laughs> um, well, that's what the internet was saying. Friend. They were like, yeah. what is happening? Why are they ordering the same meal? And I was like, I feel like this is this not is a big so deal, funny. but people are really upset about it. <laughs> this is like the relationship version of what color is that dress? Blue <laughs> yeah, basically. Or gold or whatever the fuck uh-huh. it was. Uh-huh. Uh, um, okay. But like, you know, expanding this check-in topic to other restaurant etiquette things. Have you and Peter, I almost, I would bet my life savings on this answer. Have you and Peter ever sat on the same side? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Cha-ching! Why would you do Bank that? Bank for me! <laughs> oh my God, the thought of it makes me like, makes my body cringe. <laughs> like I can yeah. feel like my, my solar plexus tighten thinking about sitting on the same side of the table together. Uh, and we've done it like when we were like meeting other people yes, out and course. we're like there early and like even that I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is so <laughs> weird. I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Good old Blackwell doesn't want to look too into anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my preference is we're sitting at a table, not a booth and we're sitting on like perpendicular yes, sides. Yes, yes, like, yes, 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 so yes, that, yes. Like we're not like right next to each other and we're also not like directly facing each other, but we can like have some intimacy, you know? We can be close to each other without like scrunching into a booth. I also have anxiety about booths. <laughs> That's a different thing <laughs> that we could talk about. <laughs> we, we could talk about it if you wanted to. That's funny. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan of the, the same side because I like to like look at people, you know? Hold the hands across the table. Plus, like, as a former waitstaff person, I was always a little comfortable because, like, I didn't know what they were doing under the table. And I have seen some shit. Some people, like, getting... (laughs) I swear they get off on, you know, the public... What is, what's the word sexually? Like when you are an exhibitionist, you know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. seen some people just like fucking going at it during dessert. And that was, it's like, do I drop off the check? You know what I mean? <laughs> Am I part of, is this a menage a trois? Like, uh-huh, do you want uh-huh. me to engage you or do you want me to, you know, ignore you? Anyway, um, uh, I have sat, there are times in which like we're feeling particularly snuggly or like we missed each other or something. I think maybe, yeah. maybe like 95% of our dining experiences we've sat across from each other and the yeah. rare, rare occasion where we sit next to each other, probably because yeah. I had like a terrible day or something, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, something cute or whatever. Yeah. Nothing wrong I mean, with I that. I, do, I see the romance in it. And also, sure. um, I don't know. I could imagine it. Like if you're in like a booth against a wall or something and you want to like see the rest of the yes. restaurant so you can like mm-hmm. people that's watch cute. together or like, that's yeah, that's cute. cute. Like that, that, that makes sense to me. But the yeah. idea of just like sitting next to each other to sit next to each other is, is weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> Most Blackwell statement that has ever Blackwelled ever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um, what else? Any other restauranty things we want to cover? What about like paying for the bill? Like oh man, how... that was probably like one of our first check-in topics, I bet. In like 2018. I think it was, for sure. Like, how do you deal with the bill? Um, well, at this point, we have shared finances. So technically, for I sure. always pick up the bill because I'm very generous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just You're kidding. the breadwinner <clears throat> in the DeMolder Ayers <laughs> yeah, yeah, household. Yeah, yeah. I'm the bread maker. 
I make the bread. There it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know, pancakes like, and muffins <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, but in the, my dating world, I think it was like always a conversation. I think I always, um, being of the feminine persuasion and all mm-hmm. that that has culturally conditioned us to be, I think I always, it was always like a little bit of a question, like, eh, what's happening here? But mm-hmm. I would never not pick up the bill or I would never, I, I often offered to, pick up the bill. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I it, it feels like a silly question now, but I know back when I was dating, that's like something you worry about, something you are anxious about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Peter and I have separate finances still. So like we check in about it yeah. a lot. Like usually we sort of like one of us pays in the other one, like Venmo's or we just like call it a wash or whatever. But, yeah. um, but I know that that like really weirds people out about like who's going to pay and like one person should be paying and the other person should just be enjoying. But well, I think why there are so, so many different ways to handle finances in partnerships, especially in For the sure. dining world. Um, but why it's tricky is because we were joking about how like every human is different and experiences reality different. Mm-hmm. Every human sees the math equation of how to split a bill differently. Like some people split that bill to the penny. Some people right. split it according to who makes more. Some people are like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm going to pay because I you paid last time. Other people think, oh, well, I make, you know, I make more, so I'm going to take care of you. Or I'm the mm-hmm. man and I'm going to buy because of that cultural conditioning or whatever. Um, right. So it's never quite as simple as it sounds. Um, and that could be, that's where the conflict arises is because we're all dealing with different rules and different influences. All right. Uh, love that check check in topic. So I'm glad that we got to talk about our, just highlighting all of the ways in which you and I are very different and yet continue (laughs) to have a wonderful friendship together. (laughs) Cute, cute, cute. I'm about to talk about why that could be possible in this answer to this letter, actually. About what true compatibility is. All right. Awesome. Let's get into our letter. So this letter comes from Anon MS, whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, I need to pick your brains. I trust your compassionate advice so much and just know that even if you don't have all the answers, you will have comforting and supportive words. Thank you for saying that because we will not have all the answers. (laughs) (laughs) I have been with my boyfriend, 28, he, him, for almost two years, and we are getting ready to move in together in the coming months. We are both really excited about this prospect, and I feel good about it. I have one main hesitation, which is why I am writing to you. My boyfriend is a self-proclaimed lazy person, and Sometimes it drives me crazy. I don't mean that he is lazy as in he won't clean up after himself or doesn't take care of himself, more that he just genuinely enjoys having a more hermetic lifestyle. He works from home Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and usually does not leave his apartment at all on these days, often taking a nap during the day. On Tuesday and Thursday, when he goes into the office, he usually meets friends for drinks or social time. I can't stress enough how he loves having at least a few days a week where he spends basically the entire day on the couch, often ordering dinner off of Uber Eats and just watching TV after work. The less he does on these days, the better. 
Typing all this out, I feel like a big B because I am sure that so many people have lifestyles like this. This is one of the reasons why I'm writing to you. I'm struggling because my boyfriend's, quote, lazy streak drives me crazy, but I'm questioning if my urge to condemn it comes from an authentic place. When he tells me that he worked from home all day in bed and napped, my mind starts thinking, why doesn't he go see a friend after work? Why doesn't he do a productive hobby? Why doesn't he want to get 10,000 steps in? All these questions, though, are strictly linked to my lifestyle, and I fear a capitalist one. I feel this deep urge to tell my boyfriend to be productive, to do more, experience more, and stop being lazy. I'm wondering if this urge is coming from a higher voice inside of me that is telling me that our lifestyles aren't aligned or if this is just capitalism talking through my body. I definitely struggle with control issues, so this one is a hard one for me. Thank you for being compassionate and so infinitely wise. Um, that is so nice. Thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter and for foolishly thinking that we are infinitely <laughs> wise. For I am sure. infinitely uh, flawed. <laughs> like yes. we all are. There we, there Absolutely. we go. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think this is a phenomenal question because I know that there are probably thousands of people that experience the same sense of incompatibility in their relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't want to change their partner. They love their partner, but they feel this tension between the two lifestyles or, you know, approaches to, to downtime. Um, and they're not sure if this is like a true incompatibility that will result in, in conflict. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to dive right into this, but first a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, So I love this question because I think it really speaks to the ways in which relationships can be so challenging because we just have like different understandings of like the world. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's nothing inherently wrong with like wanting to get those 10,000 steps in or like having a productive hobby or wanting to be social. And there's like nothing inherently wrong with like, no, I'd much rather spend time in my room, like watching TV and, and eating my Uber eats. Right. Like it's both, it's like, there are probably pros and cons to both of those different lifestyles. And it can be hard because like, because in situations like this, like we're so ingrained to assign value to both of Mm. these different things, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's more valuable to want to have a productive hobby or to be hustling all the time, or it's more valuable to like take a break from that hustle. Right? It's more valuable to be able to relax and spend time at home And the truth is like, there are probably good things and bad things about both of those different sort of ways of being, but so much of how we've been brought up so much of like the media that we consume so much about the people that we surround ourselves can like really paint a sort of black and white picture around how we think that people should be behaving and what it means about the person based on what their preferences are for how they spend their downtime. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you used that word because in my notes I wrote, we have a habit of valuing hobbies that are quote unquote Mm. productive over hobbies that are restful or more passive or don't produce something, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. a hobby could be playing a video game that doesn't produce a physical thing. It doesn't, um, you know, contribute to your physical health or whatever other ways we are valuing like your these things. Or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we know that like rest can be productive. We know that um, rest can be 
a hobby. It can be enjoyable. It can be for your self-care. All of these reasons um, or all of these ideas are real. Um, but it can be incredibly challenging in our interpersonal relationships when our understandings of our own um, hobbies, of our own productivity, of our own styles of being come in come into contact with somebody who's totally different. And it, and it can often, like Sam said, challenge these ideas that we were given at birth or we were given by society or our family or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that thing that I always do <laughs> and ask you, my dear letter writer, like, where did you learn this? You say capitalism, which don't get me wrong. Sure. Totally true. <laughs> we we <laughs> want the things that we do to result in um, betterment. We want them to result in uh, money. We want them to result in, you know, mm-hmm. thinness even in, right? Like this is all interconnected with, with capitalism and uh, the other systems of oppression that have taught us how to be, right? And also yep. I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned you had control issues, like, where did you learn you individually in your individual story that you needed to get those 10,000 steps in order to feel like you had the permission to relax or to feel like you were good enough to then do something else. Right. Like, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with your mode of being, but I also don't think there's anything wrong with your boyfriend's mode of being. Um, And I'm always interested in people's origin stories because it's, it is a combination of everything. It is capitalism and what it has taught us about quote unquote laziness, you know? Yeah. I think that like doing the self-awareness work doesn't mean that everything has to change either. Right. Like I think that sometimes we get, freaked out by this, right? Like I see a little bit of it, even in your letter, you're like, oh my God, what if this is just capitalism? And I'm like doing all this horrible stuff, right? And and I think the important thing to remember is that we can do this self-awareness work and then and then the, the opportunity that comes to us is that we then get to make choices about it, right? So I'm not saying that by like investigating some of this stuff, you have to give up doing 10,000 steps a day, right? right? But I am saying that when we, or what I think Sierra and I are both saying is that when we do the self-awareness work to say like, where is this coming from? We can make choices that are more in alignment with what our goals and values are rather than just what we've been taught and are repeating over and over again. So like, I want you to make the decision to take 10,000 steps because it fills you up because it, it helps you because it, it, it improves your mental health or because of all of these different reasons. What I don't want is for you to be doing this 10,000 steps thing because you think it somehow means something about you as a person. And yes. that's where the self-awareness work can help us because then we can make informed decisions about what's working for us or not working for us. And I also want to know why that you said you have issues with controlling. So what is triggered in you when your boyfriend has these periods of rest or of low, you know, like little activity or whatever, what makes that feel like you need to quote unquote correct his behavior? Because like, what if his behavior was nothing, there's nothing wrong. Like, um, you know, my wife is a heavily productive person. <laughs> she is highly she is productive always person. She's always moving. <laughs> She um, is a three on the Enneagram, if you know the mm-hmm. Enneagram. Oh, yeah. um, and she really, you know, the way she has learned to manage her anxiety and to, to, to let her life function um, 
at in the most peaceful, optimal, mindful way is that she's like, she's just always doing something. And then she will give herself permission to read or, or, or rest or whatever. But that's where, that's how she gets her rocks off. Right. <laughs> and as somebody who is not like that, sometimes yeah. it was really triggering for me on the other end where I'm like, Oh my God, does she think I'm going to go skiing today? <laughs> like it's freezing outside. Lord knows I am yeah. not doing yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Or like when she's running through her house, doing picking up and, and folding laundry and listening to a podcast about like how to be a better person. And she's doing all these productive things. And I'm over there like still in my bathrobe at 11 <laughs> being like oh I just posted something on Instagram <laughs> you know like all of a sudden I'm like oh I did so yeah. much work this morning <laughs> brush off the brow you know I'm exa- I should take a break I should take a nap you know I've often been like oh my god is is she judging me or you know right. am I doing something wrong but I have learned from her that how I live and how I spend my energy is 100% up to me and how she lives and how she spends her energy is 100% up to her. And compatibility isn't about being the same. Compatibility yep. is about finding harmony within your relationship and how and finding, sure. more importantly, acceptance about who your partner is and isn't and who you are and seeing how they can fit into each other, right? Like Absolutely. how they yep. can f- how they can coexist peacefully or not. And I honestly I made the joke during the check-in topic that Sam and I are that too. Sam and I are so different, but I think we're incredibly compatible in so many ways. Um because it's not again about being the same. It's about being able to vibe or whatever people are saying on Instagram that word just came out of nowhere and I mean I think that like not trying to make the other person something that they're not right like part of it is like is not saying like oh there's a best or right way to be but instead being like oh we're just different people and because we love each other and want to be in relationship with each other we're gonna have to flex and adapt towards each other in some ways, right? And it's and it's also okay for us to exist in different spheres, right? So like the fact that your your boyfriend wants to just spend all this time at home and you want to go out and socialize can happen at the same time, right? Like you don't need to be on the same page every day as long as you're okay with the fact that you're on different pages. And all this to say that there may come a time when you're like actually I want somebody who is going to hang out with me more or who's going to want to go on hikes with me. Or I'm going to feel inspired by their productivity or whatever. Absolutely. And like, that's okay too, right? Like if that's something that you want or need out of a relationship, that makes total sense to me. I just don't want you to throw out what could be a really good relationship because your anxiety around productivity is the, is driving you to judge this person or to, to see an incompatibility where an incompatibility maybe doesn't exist. Right. Right. And I'm so glad you said that because I also want to say like, if you can't find the harmony, if you can't find the ways in which you fit into each other, then that is enough. This is enough. Like you're not a bad person for feeling this way. It's not you being overtaken by the overlords of capitalism. This is just you trying to find how your life fits with this other person. Um, And we will always have these seasons of, of, of figuring it out, you know, like, um, this is not the last time you're going to say like, wow, this thing about this person, I'm not sure how it, 
it sits in my life, right? Like yep. I'm not sure where it fits. Maybe I need to work on accepting who he is more radically. Maybe I need to work on accepting what I cannot control more radically. Or maybe this person just isn't for me because I'm no longer really excited by them. I'm not, you know, I want something else. That is okay too. The last thing I just want to say, you know, again, and this is just a different perspective or a perspective shift that I'm offering. You use the word like streak, you know, you, I think you said like a lazy streak or something like that. Um, and even just that language, we can shift it to work on our radical acceptance of one another. It's not a streak. A streak implies like, ah, oh, it was just like this phase that I was going through. This is not a streak. This is his actual concrete chosen identity. It doesn't sound like he's depressed. This doesn't sound like he is. It, this sounds like a very stable approach to what brings him inner peace, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it's not a phase. It's not a streak in his relationship because when we use language, language like that, it implies that there, is, you know, that this is, you know, his unpolished version of himself, unfinished, or it's, it's the, mm. it's the broken version of him. But when he's fixed, he's going to be more like me. Right. Ooh, yeah. That's good. That's good. And, but he's, he's this is his whole unbroken self, right? Or like right. we're all broken yep. <laughs> because we're all imperfect, but sure. you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> um, so I know we gave you a lot to chew on. Um, we definitely relate to this. This is totally understandable. This is anxiety that I've had in my own life. Um, hopefully this just gives you a little bit more to chew on. Um, like Sam said, to maybe see this not as an incompatibility, um, but as a new opportunity to like radically accept you and your partner as two wholly different persons who enjoy each other. Right. For sure. Absolutely. And I know that that was like a beautiful way to end, but just one no, more no, thing to go, say. Go, do it. <laughs> I also just want to name that like you two are about to move in together. And so this is probably going to get heightened, right? Like this is, and I want to just say that like, it may be uncomfortable to, to sit in this, in this moment, but that discomfort doesn't mean that anything is necessarily wrong. Right. Like right. The, the fact that you're going to be noticing that this is happening, the fact that like this contrast is going to come into even like sharper view for you is okay. If you are sort of doing the work to, to do what Sierra and I have been talking about, which is practice that self-awareness around where this is coming from and remind yourself, it's not your job to find yes. productivity for him. Yes. It is yes. not. And this is like something I have to remind myself about, about my relationship. You know, Peter is like often much more productive than me, but in terms of like, it's not my job to like help Peter's emotions, right? It's not my job to make him okay all the time. It's not my job to make him do the things that I think that he should be doing. My job is to like do the things that are supporting me and find a yes. way to support him in his own experience of the world. And then the things that are going to bring him the most comfort and joy. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. It was a way better way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked, I liked yours too. <laughs> All right, my darling. Um, good luck. We believe in you. We're excited about this big move and we're so grateful that you trusted us with this letter. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening and writing we in. Love we love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash pod.
You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to follow, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, y'all, how you live and spend your time and find your peace is 100% up to you. How your partner finds their peace is up to them. Compatibility isn't about being exactly the same. It's about finding the ways you fit together and finding harmony next to each other and if all else fails just break up